Welcome to the show. Today we have the amazing studio owner from regional New South Wales, Anne Coates. She's going to be talking us through how she specializes in immersive, interactive outdoor concerts and shows. This is a really exciting topic and I think it's going to be enlightening to all of our studio owner and producer listeners. Okay. Um, so before we kick off into that, I also wanted to mention that this week is Open Doors Week for Talent Manager Bootcamp. Woo! <laughs> I'm really excited. Talent Manager Bootcamp is the course that brings the studio owner to talent manager. You've got 12 weeks access to an eight-week course. You get me in live group calls. Everything's recorded. You can play it back anytime. You get six modules of pre-recorded lessons and all that jazz. Honestly, this is the opportunity for you to step into the professional arena and give your students the opportunity to shine, to be on the professional stage, to be on the professional screen. I'm raving on about this because Anne Coates is actually a studio owner that is a talent manager bootcamp graduate. And she's now, um, after being a graduate, she's running her own in-house talent management service and booked her students on the popular Australian television series last week, Home and Away. She's done this within a month. You're going to hear a little bit about that during the show, towards the end of the show there. Um, but anyway, guys, if you want to really do this, level up your studio, increase your revenue, increase your student retention and your industry credibility, if you want to really take your studio to the next level, but you're feeling a little bit scared, you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, Honestly, I'm here to support you. I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. So jump on in to Talent Manager Bootcamp. Doors are only open for a few days. So let's do this. JosephineLangCuba.com forward slash TMB. Okay, I'll pop that link in the show notes for you. But now let's kick in to the show. Here we go. Business Arts and all that jazz. Hey there, I'm Josephine Langcuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Welcome to the show. We have the amazing Anne Coates from Upstage Youth Theatre. So excited to have you here today. Oh, thanks for having me, Jo. <laughs> now, look, I'm really excited to have you here because um, I'm currently in launch week for Talent Manager Bootcamp and you are one of our beautiful graduates from the course who has now opened up your own in-house talent management service, which is amazing. 
We are going to dive into that later in the show. But before I do, I just want to, you know, start with asking you a few questions about where it all kind of started, because I think it's always nice to sort of get to know my guests and understand really how it all came about. So tell us a little bit about your journey starting out in the arts and how that led to you starting your own business and studio. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I started by going to theatre classes myself when I was young, um, probably about eight years old, and sort of just progressed from there, really. I studied, did an arts degree at uni, um, ended up doing a teaching degree and was teaching in a performing arts school, secondary, and um, had my first baby. And we lived next door to an old hall in um, Maitland and we used to, um, we yeah, we just started sort of teaching some classes. When I say we, my husband and I just started teaching some classes out of the hall next door. We started off with about maybe five um, kids coming and it, and it really evolved out of a need for me to keep working when I was on maternity leave. I really, really loved and still do love being a mum, but I missed that creative opportunity. And I um, I think I realised that I needed to do something. I was <laughs> colour coding the pegs on the clothesline. <laughs> and I thought there's something really wrong. I you need know you've got to do something when you're yeah. colour coding the pegs. Yeah. I'd get really distressed if all the yellows weren't together or all the blues weren't together. <laughs> so I um, yeah, just started teaching and it was really lovely because um, we just did a, a letterbox drop. You know, it wasn't, this is over 20 years ago now, there wasn't sort of big social media presence um, and it was just, word, it was literally word of mouth. And I think even now still that's our biggest way of getting people to come to our classes and to our shows. It's it's word of mouth, which is a very country kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, it just it evolved. We started with about five kids and it grew. Yeah, yeah, and I and and speaking of that country, I mean, you're from Maitland, New South Wales, which is regional. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about that too because I think you you didn't always live in Maitland, did you? No, no. I grew up probably about forty five minutes, fifty minutes from here, so I wasn't too far away. But but I was a lot closer to Sydney and to Newcastle and sort of performing arts opportunities there. So. When we moved here, it it was quite clear that there was a need for, um, you know, more opportunities for young people to perform in theatre, but not just just theatre, though, sort of just to be able to express themselves and have a really safe place to be able to explore cr- creatively. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a very different time to when you first started. I mean, you mentioned letterbox drops. I remember the letterbox drops. Yeah. I remember, you know, hitting the pavement with my flyers and putting yes. them, putting yeah. them in the mailboxes, getting posters put up at local businesses and all that yeah. sort of thing. Um, and you know, and it's a really, it's a really interesting thing now because we've got social media, which is quite a beast. But I love that you said that word of mouth is a really big component of how you still gain students today because it's obviously all down to reputation. When you went to Maitland and you said there was a need for it then, has the has the climate changed? Like are we seeing 
more more performing arts spaces and studios open up or was that just that was that a thing of the past or is it still that way do you think in regional towns no I think there's it's definitely grown there's there's definitely a lot stronger presence of performing arts in the regional towns now I think um, you know, even with the growth of um, sort of the cultural growth of the area as well, we've got some really amazing movers and shakers um, in Maitland City Council and they um, promoted the extension of the art gallery up here. So there was this, I suppose, kind of a, a bit of a cultural um, renaissance, actually. Um, I know Singleton has got a really thriving arts and performing arts culture up there. Um, some of the drama schools and, and dance schools in Newcastle have sort of started spreading up here. And, you know, I, I just think it's fantastic because kids have a choice now. You know, they don't just have to come to us because we're nearby. They can travel down to Newcastle. Kids from Singleton can travel down to us. You know, we've had students from Dungog, as far as Dungog, um, out as far as... Um, I'm in Sydney, so I don't yeah. know where Dungog is. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all quite far away, regional kind of, sort of an hour away from here. So, you know, they'll, they'll travel. And, um, yeah, I, I just think it's great because when I was a kid there was very little choice. You know, you had to travel and you, you're, there was really only one sort of performing arts place for kids in the area and that, and that was it. So Has that reduced your student numbers or has competition increased it? Like what's your viewpoint on that? Um, I think it could have increased it. We have never actually got humongous and it's, it's kind of the way I like it. We don't have multiple classes running at multiple times. We have got sort of a, a time schedule of one class or two classes an afternoon per week and that way I know all the students, I know all the parents, I can jump in and teach for, for my teachers if I need to. I like it that way because I don't feel like I'm spreading myself too thin. And it was important to me to have a balance as well that I was able to explore um, my interest in creative things in other areas and, and not be too bogged down in the business side of things um, or, or bogged down in sort of making it a financial um, business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and also the balance of being able to be there for my family as well that was really important yeah so what exactly does your studio do so you're not a, a dance studio are you what do you do <laughs> I could not dance to save my life <laughs> any of my students will tell you no we, we do have a musical theatre class and I've got a gorgeous girl who teaches that for me um, but as far as um as far as what we do in classes, a lot of it is uh, it's it's acting skills. Um, so we'll look at um, you know blocking um, different stage skills, um, delving into text, uh, different practitioners we might look at, um, TV and film acting as opposed to theatre style acting. Um, yeah, so it's most of our classes are. All of our classes are taught by teachers, so they're actually qualified teachers, and they've also got a lot of industry experience as well. So that you know, they're great with managing some of the different personalities that you can get in a drama class, mm. um, but also making sure that um, you know everyone's getting what they need out of the class. 
Mm. I think it's important for everyone listening as well to know that it really doesn't matter what studio you run. There's so many similarities between a drama school, a singing school, a theatrical school, a dance school. Like at the end of the day, we're just facilitating the craft, whichever craft it is, you know. That's right. And um, it's classes, it's programming, it's production. Yes. Yeah. And you're very production focused, aren't you? Uh, well, yes, we are. We don't do sort of multiple shows a year. We, the most we would do would be two shows a year, only because we've got a really small team. Um, and again, we don't have a huge student body to draw on. Um, and I would prefer to do a really quality, memorable show, you know, once a year than do sort of three or four a year. And uh, the other um, thing that we have to consider too is we don't have a theatre, so we don't actually have our own performing performance space. Um, so when we do our shows, we generally choose to do outdoor productions, which means that, you know, we, we have to fit in with whatever the site has got going on at the time. We have to fit in with um, well, weather events. We've had, <laughs> we've had a lot of weather events. I've got about eight weather apps on my phone <laughs> tracking the weather um so you know that it's quite I mean you you know just doing any sort of production is a yeah. huge deal and it takes a lot of your time and energy and and spirit too you know you can't and you can't just fill that up you know straight away and say okay what's next um it, it's it's a big deal and so because we have so many logistics to think about when we do that. I, I don't like to exhaust everybody and and make them think, oh God, we've got to do it all over again. So it's it's kind of special, but we when we do do a show, it's it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, and I love that you mentioned the outdoor events because we've actually spoken before, um, obviously a few times, being part of uh, my coaching program. But you did mention once that you did you specialised in outdoor events, and hmm. I thought that was so fantastic because you said you did charlotte's web in a barn yeah (laughs) i'll never forget that it really changed the way i thought about things because it was like oh i've got the little mermaid coming up (gasps) maybe we could do it in an aquarium (laughs) like how was that but anyway i want to i want to dive into that a little bit because i think since covid we've had to look at new ways of doing things, generally speaking. And the traditional way that studios run their productions is in a theatre. I'm one of those people, we use theatres all the time or we use auditoriums or club stages or that sort of thing. And I suppose because of where you're from, out of necessity, you've had to be creative in your performance space. So outside of COVID and not being just from necessity, if you had access to theatre, would you be using that or, or or would you still opt for outdoors? Like what, what makes outdoors so special or, or is it just really hard work? <laughs> it is hard work, but it is very special. I think one of the things I like to do is create a feeling for the audience. So most of our shows will start with audience arriving an hour before the show starts. They bring their picnic dinner or, you know, lunch. Um, they Little people can, you know, if it, if it is a kid's show, um, little ones can explore the site. It makes it really accessible as well for, for young families so they don't feel that they have to keep their child sitting in a seat, paying attention the whole time. You know, there's other things to look at. Um, 
and with our adult shows or, or children and adult shows, it's it's about that transition from it being a space where you're having a picnic and eating and gradually it becomes a theatrical experience and you, um, you know, the lights start to come up and suddenly this place is transformed into a magical place. Um, we've had... So much. <laughs> yeah. And it's really exciting. It's really yeah. exciting. So the whole idea is that, you know, someone said to me once that um, a show is only as good as the person who shows you to your seat. You know, if you have an usher who's rude to you or isn't interested in you or doesn't care about your experience of the show, you're not going to enjoy the show, no matter how good the show is. So I've always loved that idea that, you know, you can build an experience right from the moment the person, you know, steps into the space. And, um, yeah, we've had, you know, pirate ships created off the back of hay drays, um, you know, um, we did Peter Pan underneath uh, uh, the most incredible fig tree. Um, I think Sport for Jove actually do some work like that. They'll they'll often do a show at um, Belarus. Is it Belarus? Uh, no, what's the name of the Rouse Rouse Hill Estate? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll they'll do a show out there outdoors, and then they'll move it to the Seymour Centre. So um, you know, it's it's that idea of yeah, creating something magical that people will still remember. Yeah. And that whole, and so the show starts from the moment people arrive. Yes. Because that's actually that, so you're saying you have some interactive point at the beginning so people are able to interact with the set and the scene and it's quite immersive. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah. then the show, the traditional show starts. Yes, yeah. Um. And then you even mentioned that um, when you, like, for example, just throwing it back to Charlotte's Web in the barn, you said there were live animals in the space, is that? Yeah, so they weren't actually in the barn. So out at Tokal Homestead, they have this incredible barn. It's one of the oldest barns in the Hunter Valley, um, Blackett Barn. and But it's surrounded by a working farm. So there's actually pigs down um, in a pigsty. Um, there's sheep roaming around. So when we we've done a couple of shows there now um audience members were able to go and visit the pigs you know before the show or after the show they can have a photo opportunity with the pigs yeah but um, that's, that's beautiful know. because that's actually creating a a whole event experience yes so it's not yeah. just about the performance it's yes. really about the event yes and i think that that is something even if you're doing indoor events or theaters mm. it is something that you know, listeners could potentially take on board because, you know, it really does start from the moment someone walks in. Mm. It's like, you know, you go to, I mean, I've been to a business conference and the moment you walk in, there's music playing and someone's handing you a gift bag, right? Yes. So, you're, yeah. so that it doesn't matter how you do it. Yeah. It's about that feeling. Yes. You know, grabbing a champagne on entry or having the bar open, someone spruiking something or a singer yeah. in the foyer, you know, like, there are ways to do it, even in a theatre. It could be, you know, having a singer in the foyer and, and yeah. you know, a, a biscuit table. Like it's about the yeah. experience, right? That's right. And it's, I think it's, um, it, it really is about making the audience feel special. And then what happens on the other end of that then is that what I love is seeing the, the students or, or the cast members and the team, who, who the tech team working around them, 
understanding that it's actually not about them and their performance. It's about the experience of the people who've paid to come and see the performance. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's not actor-centred it's or ego-centred. It's actually, it, you're actually providing a service and a gift. Um, and I think that's what makes it special. Yeah. That's an interesting point of view because um, often we very much focus as studio owners on the performer's experience. Mm, yeah. So to have an outward approach and say, okay, yes, of course we want our students to have an amazing time, right? We want yeah. them to have that time. But to actually understand what it is to mm. be an artist mm. and what it is to be a performer in its true form, and that is the gift to the audience. Yeah. And look, let's be real. The kids are going to have a great time performing. Oh, absolutely. It, you know, they just want to be there. They want to be up on the stage. And there's that really beautiful moment, you know, during production week, just before you open, when they realise, you know, that it's all come together and, and they're about to open. And it's, you know, you can almost see this kind of veil being lifted from them where they they know that it's it's going to happen. It's it's quite a magical thing. So that they're going to have a great time no matter what. But I think it's really important to create that ethos that they they understand that they're actually giving something it's not just about them receiving yeah yeah absolutely Hey there, I wanted to take this quick mid-show 30-second break to tell you about a free event that I am hosting. It's called Create a Talent Agency in Your Studio and Book Students for TV, Film, Theatre and Commercial Work. It's a free webinar. Yes, there are a lot of words in there because I wanted the title to tell you exactly what's in there. Um, And I'm hosting it this week. Now, if you head to the registration link, that's josephinelancuba.com forward slash webinar three you will be able to register. Now, if you can't attend live, please register anyway, because you will receive the recording, which you can replay anytime. Now, of course, I encourage live attendance where possible, but if for any reason you can't, still register. In this free webinar, you will learn how to find and book auditions for your students in film, television, commercial, and stage. You will learn the three key benefits of running an in-house talent management service. You'll also learn the seven revenue streams available to you as a talent manager and the difference between a talent manager and talent agent and the roles they play. Now, I think I've gone for 60 seconds (laughs) because I'm super excited. So everyone, please register now. I'll pop the link in the show notes. I can't wait to see you at the webinar or at least give you that beautiful free resource so you have the information at your fingertips to create the studio of your dreams. Back to the show. Now, you've actually um, been moving after, you know, Talent Manager Bootcamp, you actually started moving into talent management in your space. Now, that's something Mm. new for you. Um, Tell me why, and for anyone listening at home, Talent Manager Bootcamp really helps studio owners become talent managers. So basically, um, so that they have the opportunities to submit, you know, their students for film and TV, commercial, theatre, stage work, all that jazz. So what made you think, hey, I'm I'm interested in this. I want to give this a go. Like what what sort of drew you to talent management? Well, you did, Joe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the face kept popping up in my feed. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 it was nice. No, I um 
I have, well, over the years, I've just had so many students asking and saying, you know, what, who's a good agent? Who can I go to? How do I get into film and television? And I felt uncomfortable pointing them in a direction that I didn't really know enough about. And I didn't want to be recommending someone that I didn't trust myself or, or know enough about. Mm. So um, after doing Talent Manager Bootcamp with you, I could see that, you know, you were ethical, um, that, that you had a really um, strong um, sense of what's right for your students and um, I felt comfortable that that I could work with you in that capacity yeah and I think that's interesting about referrals because we do often get asked don't we like hey where's the best place to go for this like our students yeah, um, yeah. where's the best place to go for that even when they like you know become adults and they're like oh I want to go into full-time tell me tell me where I should go yeah yeah it's really hard to recommend something you haven't experienced yourself like I I can only say okay I did a full-time course 20 years ago in this yes. institution but yeah. other than that I couldn't tell you what the others were like I only by hearsay but not through experience yeah so I totally get you and and actually when it comes to agenting or talent management uh, it is a tricky one because we do tend to just recommend people to agencies we've heard of opposed to ones that we actually know and trust. Yes. And yeah. it is something that, um, I mean, you could say, well, who cares as long as they get the opportunities, whatever. But there's a lot of unethical practice, especially in the youth agency space. So, you know, I think that's a really interesting point of view that even I hadn't considered before about that whole recommendation piece. Mm. Tell me, when you were doing it, um, what was the rollout like? Like when you initially said, hey, everyone, we're going to have an, an agency here, we're going to have an in-house talent management service, were people excited? Were they apprehensive? Like what was your personal experience like from your actual client base? It created a buzz straight away, So, which is one of the other reasons I was interested because I felt that we needed an injection of, of some kind of energy after COVID and um, it definitely created that. Um, most people were just curious to find out a little bit more. I think some people wondered whether there was a catch, you know, is there some, are we going to have to pay for something? Are we going to have to, you know... Um, but once uh, I sent out all the information and spoke to a few parents that wanted a little bit more information on the phone, we yeah we've we've got quite a few um, we've got quite a few who have signed up. They haven't all completed their um, their profiles, signs, yet, their profiles yet. Um, but I can't believe even just with the few that I have got, you know, I've got maybe ten that are, are, are signed up completely with with their profiles. I've had probably a request for, you know, self-tapes or auditions at least once a week. Yeah, from, absolutely. From and two of your students went on to do Home and Way Extra yes. as well. Yes, yeah, they did, yeah. And this yeah. is all within a month, right? This yes, is about a month. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, yeah. this is the thing. I think people think, and you actually said this to me, you said um, you thought it would be intimidating but it wasn't once you got started. I think this is the perception of a lot of studio owners that, well, how can I do this? You know, like, mm. is it for me? Is it really something that I'm worthy of or that is it? Is it? In, it's going to be intimidating and that imposter syndrome yes, really yeah. seeps in. 
and I think I experienced it too. Like I had imposter syndrome for sure. When I started doing this years ago now, um, I felt it. And then, you know, it just clicks with, it just clicks. Like now I've had kids do a bunch of stuff. I mean, we're talking about films with, you know, Nicole Kidman to Sigourney Weaver to being Mm. in a chicken commercial. Like there's such a variety. How do you feel now? So you said not like when you first started, you were like, this is intimidating. How do you feel now that you're actually in the whole um, crux of doing the role? I still, occasionally I still feel a little bit wobbly, but but I take a lot of um, comfort from, you know, your sort of the fact that you're there to support us um, and that we have that, um, you know, you're a touchstone that we can always go back to that or we can go back to our notes or whatever we need to do. Um, So that's, that's always a really big help knowing that you're, that you're there. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, I, it's really, it's not rocket science. I think you, you sort of said yourself that it's really about just wanting to, you know, we, we all know what our kids can do. We know how to cast them and we know how to nurture them. And that's really what it comes down to. And I feel I've, when you told me that I was on board because I feel really comfortable with that. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's not rocket science, is it? No, no. <laughs> and and even the cast, you know, the, the different um, agencies themselves, the casting agents, that they want, you know, they or the... They want you to be the person who finds that that child for you or that actor for you. They they want the search to be over, and I, it never ceases to amaze me when the briefs come through. You know, they're quite apologetic. Oh, sorry, this is a really fast turnaround for this client, but you know, do you have anyone like this? Could you please submit by? And I think, poor things. You know, <laughs> they just want to find the person. Oh, and I, I, I would have wished being a casting director. No way, casting director is really high pressure. They've got these clients that are like, get me this by this date. I want it exactly yeah. the way I want it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's a big yeah. job. It's a big task. Um, mm. But that's really interesting because it humanises the process. See, I think even like now that with online and everything that we see through social media, there's still a pedestal that this entertainment industry is on and everyone who works in it, is somehow, um, you know, the golden, it's like the golden empress to this this gate that doesn't exist. (laughs) And everybody's standing on this pedestal, but it's absolute rubbish. They're just people doing a job. Like you said, oh, so sorry, quick turnaround, yada, yada. Um, Mm. They're just human beings. And I think the sooner people realise that, the easier it will be for everyone because, that's when the opportunities will come when you realise that everyone can do it. It's about having a desire mm. and obviously you've got to um, have a little bit of strategy in place, right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> Without strategy, honestly, like I think studio owners dabble in in presenting that sort of work to their students. Like did you sort of dabble prior to sort of having that strategy and agency set up in place? Uh, yes, if I saw something come up in, in, you know, in social feed, social feed, social media, you know, about an opportunity for them, I would definitely flick it out to them or let them know if there was something coming up or auditions. Um, because you just, you want them to have opportunities, you want them to extend themselves and to learn more and, and to, to move beyond where they are now, you know, the most exciting thing for me is when my students 
you know, move away. It's sad, but a lot of them move away from Maitland to Sydney or Melbourne and, you know, go off and, and do amazing things. But that that's what you want. Yeah. Well, now, hey, now you're not a stepping stone. Now you are a go yes. space. So yes. yeah. if they've got more opportunities locally and realise that they can actually apply for these things, like you said, via self-tape, mm. you know, from Maitland. Yeah. It, yeah. it means it's possible. And yeah. so that's really, really exciting. Um, so what would you say to anyone who's thinking about taking on Talent Manager Bootcamp? What what would you say to them? Oh, I'd say it's definitely worth it. I think that you're a wealth of knowledge. There's a lot of, I learned a lot even just sort of business strategy-wise from Talent Manager Bootcamp. Um, and it was kind of nice too, even just the networking, seeing those, those other talent places out there you know the different studios and the studio owners and and hearing their questions and and their their concerns it makes you feel it can be quite lonely particularly if you're in sort of a regional area um sometimes I feel a little bit like I'm just kind of just here swimming my own race um so to hear other people sort of having similar difficulties or similar ideas it's it's actually really it makes you feel like you're you're less alone, and that, I think that's important as well. Mm, that sharing I, ideas, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to mention um, for anyone listening that graduates, um, I actually have um, a membership called Talent Squad. So when mm. when Anne talks about all this support, like you are, mm. um, it's actually that ongoing support after the course. Now, tell me what's next for Anne? What's coming up in your world? Well, we have got a show opening in the school holidays in the local art gallery here, um, and it's Drumroll Please, it's Stevie Louise, and it's a book that's been uh, adapted. Tanya Hennessy, uh, who's a comedian and radio celebrity, um, I don't know, some people might know her from TikTok, she has written a sort of a tween's novel and then she's adapted it for stage and she asked us if we'd like to be the first company to to put it on so she's um, an ex-student of mine and um, she's just a fabulous person and very excited about sort of regional kids getting an opportunity to do this so it's very exciting and we're just thrilled to be a part of it. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. And I love that they were your student. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Me, the legacy lives on. Yes. This is what it's all about, right? Yeah, yeah. can't get rid of them. Nurturing these artists <laughs> and giving them the confidence to create their own art in the future. How beautiful yeah. is that? Yeah, no, it's very, it's full circle. It is full circle. So who or what inspires you? Oh, that's a good question. I think that probably my children actually really inspire me whenever I have to think about um you know an issue or or you know a hard one of those tough decisions sometimes you have to make as a business owner Mm -hmm. um I think about what I would want my children to know that I did and yeah, that that keeps me with my feet firmly on the ground. Mm. I love that. How many kids do you have, Anne? Three. How old are they? Uh, 19, 17 and 12. 
Oh, okay. So you're out of the trenches of the the little ease at least. Yes. <laughs> the warfare keeps going. <laughs> it does? Okay. Well, that's not very hopeful. Um, no, it's very hopeful. Five year old, and honestly, I feel like my seven year old is going on to thirteen. But anyway, yep. <laughs> yeah, I love that because we talk about legacy in the studio, but it's also about it's about that obligation, which I don't think is a dirty word, by the way. So I, I talk about living my life in obligation, which is really for me, my obligation is my family, my kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, the people I serve, like yourself, my legacy, like leaving behind a trail of, you know, people that will have success and thrive, which includes my family. So mm-hmm. I think that's really special. Um, I think that's really special to be inspired by that obligation which again is not a dirty word for me that's like a beautiful thing because if you don't have if you don't feel obliged to anyone or anything (laughs) then what are we doing yeah yeah that's right and and that sort of obligation is a privilege really it is Mm. it absolutely is and I often remind myself of that um, and it's funny too, because you talked about, you know, um, earlier in the piece, we talked about giving back to the audience and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of my immutable laws is give to, I'm pointing up, for, you're all <laughs> listening to this on audio, I'm sure. I hardly get any views on YouTube because I have no strategy about the YouTube. I just dump <laughs> the interviews up there. It's all about the audio. But I'm pointing to my wall, everyone. And that's because I've got my immutable laws or my core values. And one of them is give to give. So I really value mm-hmm. that for sure. Um, all right. And that's why, and that's why you're in the talent squad now, because we're so super aligned. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. So if anyone wants to find you or, or check out your business, where can they go? Uh, they can find us on Instagram at upstage shows or just look up upstageyouththeatre.com.au. Perfect. Yep. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today. That's all right. Thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Now, remember, doors are open from today for Talent Manager Bootcamp, and I would love you to join me. If you're a studio owner who's ever imagined creating the studio of your dreams and really just providing amazing opportunities for your students and your business, then Talent Manager Bootcamp is the way. It it is for everybody. So if you think it's not for you, imposter syndrome be gone, I say. Honestly, you can do this. This is why the course has been designed. I am here to break the glass ceiling on the entertainment industry and make it accessible to everyone who desires it. So jump on in, enroll now or find out more. I mean, you can find out more through josephinelanecuber.com forward slash TMB. Um, And you can enroll there too. Now's the time. If you've been thinking about this, you know, now is the time to do it. If not now, then when? That's what I say. So I hope to see you on the flip side, everyone. If you have any questions, please DM me on Instagram. You can find me at Josephine Langhuber. I'm there for it. I'm going to be on my um, DMs all week answering questions for everyone. And and I'd love to see new studio owners, beautiful faces in the group. We've got such a beautiful community and I welcome you to join me. So I'll pop the link in the show notes there and I'll also pop my Instagram link there as well. So you can find me nice and easy, just in case you don't know how to spell my name. Say my name, say my name. Um, There you go. I'm going to leave you with a bit of that. So 
enjoy your day beautiful people and yeah let's do this bye everyone Thank you.